0: I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological.
1: Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. You are Locked On Dolphin, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphin, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami! What is up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Thursday, February the 15th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, I am riding solo once again, back in the saddle. Back to the original format of the show. For the first time in a couple of weeks now, by my lonesome, I'll discuss Lamar Jackson and his potential fit in Miami. We'll go into the film room to talk Bobby McCain and Charles Harris, and just how close is this defense taking a huge step in the right direction. And lastly, we'll take your iTunes reviews and read them on the air here, and we'll do a brief preview of tomorrow's Mock Draft special podcast. But first, I have to remind you guys, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. As I mentioned, those reviews are huge for us, and we're going to be doing a giveaway with those reviews here in the coming weeks, so keep Keep your eyes and ears open for that. Give us a rating on the podcast as well. That helps the podcast. Get up the charts on iTunes. Follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL for all the gifs and takes of the day every single day. And of course, follow the show at LockedOnFins. Check out LockedOnDolphins.com for all your daily written Dolphins content needs. There are two pieces up right now written by yours truly on Bobby McCain and Charles Harris going into their film studies from 2017. Lots of good stuff there. Also new pieces from Kadeem Simmons up there as well. And we brought on a couple of new writers, so plenty of content for you guys there each and every day. And lastly, but not leastly, check out the other Locked On Sports podcasts, like the Locked On Heat podcast for your local NBA coverage, and the Locked On NFL podcast for coverage on the entire league. Let's jump right into our first topic of the day here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. And it is first and ten here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast, the first topic of the day talking about quarterbacks. And it's not Ryan Tannehill, believe it or not. As much as everyone wants to talk about the possibility of drafting a quarterback this year, and it seems like there's four quarterbacks that everyone has their eye on kind of in general, but I'm looking more towards the middle of the draft. You guys know that, possibly the end of the first round. And I think Lamar Jackson is a guy that really could intrigue a lot of people. Now, he's not the prototypical type of quarterback that Adam Gaze will typically look for. He doesn't have that traditional drop back sense and kind of the pocket passer, kind of the big frame type of guy that he likes to rely on in that type of sense. But we've also heard that he's attracted to Baker Mayfield, and that has to come a little bit from his playmaking skill set, but also his kind of intellect and his football IQ and whatever you want to call that. And his just kind of general acumen to the game. But Lamar Jackson presents some interesting traits that I think any coach would be crazy to just gloss over. And, you know, he's got that natural throwing motion, that flick of the wrist that he has is very Michael Vick-esque. He's the, that's an easy comparison to make. And it's it it's out there for a reason. You can see it. He's an electric playmaker. And he's a guy that could be a developmental quarterback that could be groomed under Adam Gaze. And the type of guy that you could sell to the fan base, you can sell to the media, to everyone that he is being groomed. And a guy that you can just kind of propose under the guise of a developmental player. And if the Dolphins were to trade back in the first round, it gives them an additional draft pick to kind of recoup the idea that you have to draft for certain needs or positions of needs and and fill holes in your current roster, but you could also get away with getting your developmental quarterback out of the way. And if you do it in the first round, it gives you that fifth-year option, which is so valuable to keep a quarterback... I know it's not cheap on the fifth-year option. It it probably will be five years from now, given what these quarterback contracts are going up to every single year. But it just gives you an extra year to develop a player and an extra year under club control, to use a baseball term, and not have to worry about getting a new contract after four years because after the first round, contracts are delved out in four-year Increments, so to speak. So you can draft him and kind of build him under Ryan Tannehill. And like I said, you can you can really build up the idea that you draft him, and develop behind Ryan Tannehill, and it gives Tannehill plenty of time to kind of get back into his groove and find his his rhythm with the newt, with the knee injury being what it is. And you know. If Ryan Tannehill works out the way I think he will, the way I think he'll play in the coming years, you can pawn Lamar Jackson off for a trade down the line in two, three, four years, whatever it is, and get back the money that you spent on him in terms of a draft pick, the draft capital. You can get that right back in a trade. So, I get you know I want to say the worst case scenario is that you've got yourself a viable backup quarterback, and if you draft Lamar Jackson in the first round, you are going to pay probably three or four million dollars a year for him just for the end of the first round type of money, or if you get him in the second round, it's even lower than that, obviously, but at what cost is that to you? Because obviously it's a draft pick and a resource and you're not going to take him at pick 11. So a trade back means you're going to recoup the picks, like I mentioned, and you can have a backup quarterback for the money that is probably about half of what you'd pay on the open market right now. If you're going to go out and get like a Josh McCown or even a Matt Moore, for instance, you're going to pay four, five, six million million a year for that quarterback. So, For me, the worst-case scenario is that Ryan Tannehill plays really well, which, like I said a million times, I think he will, and then you have Lamar Jackson as a viable backup on the bench for cheap, and you can kind of you're only paying Tannehill 18, 19, $20 million a year. You're paying Lamar Jackson two, $3 million a year. That's a pretty low number on your quarterbacks in terms of if you don't have a rookie starting, which is or a rookie or a second, third year player starting like you know Dak Prescott or someone like that. So it just opens up opens up a bunch of options and avenues that you can go ahead and do with that. So I just kind of wanted to talk about that possibility because that's one that I would explore as a big Tannehill supporter and believer. And I hate using the word supporter because I support everyone on the Miami Dolphins. I'm all about the team and, and them getting wins and, you know, getting that illustrious Super Bowl that I have never even seen the team play in in my 30 years on this planet, but I just, I I believe in Ryan Tannehill as a player, you guys know that by now, but I think Lamar Jackson would not be a bad option to groom behind him, and you could have yourself two good quarterbacks and potential capital down the road if they both work out, which you would expect they would if you took a quarterback that high. Moving along here, I know I talk a lot about the LockedOnDolphins.com website, it's kind of my baby Uh, when, David Locke recruited me for the Locked On Dolphins podcast here. He told me that they would be expanding with FanRag Sports to a .com, and that's what really attracted me to the gig. The podcast was my second, my stepchild, so to speak, when I first started doing all this stuff. I'm a writer by trade. That's my natural talent. That's what I like to do the most. I think that's how I best convey my messages. So he told me about the Locked On Dolphins partnership, or the Locked On partnership with FanRag. So... I've been promoting it on the podcast a lot. I obviously tweeted out a lot about the stuff that I write on there, but you guys are going to hear me talk about it more and more on this podcast because I'm going to talk about two pieces that are currently up right now. One was up earlier in the week on Monday on Charles Harris, and then one on Bobby McCain is live right now. As you listen to this, it came out at the same time the podcast did. So we're going to talk about that here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield at Wingfield NFL.
0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: The Dolphins defense hasn't produced in recent years, despite the fact that they've had good money tied up into some of the positions on that defense, particularly the defensive line. We talked about that on yesterday's podcast with Alf Alf Artiega, a really good guest that I had the Dolphins insider, so to speak, one of my go-to guys for that type of stuff. But he talked about the money we have to have in the defensive line. And that's kind of why I've thought that Charles Harris is such a vital piece to the 2018 Miami Dolphins and beyond, really. I mean, you're going into the season I've talked about on the podcast before. You have Cam Wake, who I would never doubt Cam Wake to do anything. The way that guy takes care of his body, the way that he conditions himself, the way he... Diets to make his body what it is. It's just so unprecedented and so impressive that I would never doubt him doing things. I'm not writing him off by any stretch of the imagination, so please do not take that as what I'm saying here. But the defensive end position for the Miami Dolphins has such a potential to be volatile going forward. Andre Branch getting $10 bucks a year really stinks when you consider his production. And then with the way the free agency class stacks up, you know, Ezekiel Ansah and Demarcus Lawrence, the top of that class, guys that are probably going to get big, big, high-money contracts, if not franchise-tagged by their own teams. I don't think that the Dolphins are in play for either of those guys. And then, like I mentioned, the draft class, you have two guys that I would really consider a pick 11. Bradley Chubb, I think, is the best player in the draft. I would take him with the first pick unless I needed a quarterback in this draft. And then, obviously, Marcus Davenport, the guy from University of Texas San Antonio that everyone has fallen in love with as of late. I think he goes top 10 as well, just based on that raw potential. A really perfect fit for the wide nine. So, if Miami cannot get either of those guys, they can't try to get big on the free agency market at defensive end you're going to have to have Charles Harris step up to the next level. And in my film study that I watched, watching all the games, watching all of his reps, he took 496 reps, lots of pass rush reps. I talked about it on the piece on LockedOnDolphins.com that he had a 12.5 pass rush productivity. What that means is that they measure every single rep he takes as a pass rusher and... Divided by the amount of, or they take the number of pressures he gets, I should say, rushing the passer, and divided by the number of pass rush snaps that he has, and that's how you get your pass rush productivity percentage. And Cam Wake's best year, I believe, was fifteen point five percent. Charles Harris was at twelve point five percent last year from that right defensive end position. Now they kicked him inside quite a bit early in the year, and he did okay. He had a decent pressure percentage. And he really anchored and showed a lot more power than I thought he had at that position. But they started using him more outside in his natural position, so to speak, as the year went on. And that, that just seemed more natural for him. And that's really where really where he shines. They put him on the left side where Cam Wake plays a few times. That didn't really work out for him so well. So that right defensive end position is his to lose as far as I'm concerned. I can see him being a 60-70 not quite 80% snap player yet. Probably a 70% snap taker this year for Maoni. I think he's going to get a lot of sacks. I think those pressures are going to turn into hits and turn into sacks and turn into game-changing plays because you're just a snap of the finger away from a big play when you're getting those hits and hurries on quarterbacks. And I think that just a little bit more refinement in his technique. You know, he's a guy that can really bend. He can bend that edge. He has great hands, great physical, fast, violent hands that can slap away that initial punch. He has a good punch. His arms look so much longer than what they actually measure. The way he plays Plays with that bend. He only has 32 and 3 8 inch arms, which is not that big. Some guys have 35, 36 inch arms playing the position, but he really plays like a guy with length and it shows up on tape. So I think that he can really put all that together in 2018 and, and be, be a guy that could get, you know, 10, 11 sacks and bid for a Pro Bowl berth. I, I just really see that type of ability in him. He's a big time looking player and a very, very important player for the Miami Dolphins. Now, moving forward and talking about another player that I find to be extremely important for the Dolphins in in 2018 and a guy that I think they should lock up to a new contract right now, right this second, go get him signed. And I realize that's not necessarily a priority just because of all the guys they have in-house this year that have to be taken care of, Cough, cough. Jarvis Landry. We all know about that. We won't talk about that at all. It has been beaten to death on the podcast, but let's talk about a guy that doesn't get a lot of love or recognition from National media, certainly, and not even really the local media guys that talk about him. I mean, he, he had a really, really good year. I, I put Ian Wharton's numbers up on the post on LockdownDolphins.com. I'm not going to spoil that. Go check it out for yourselves and see how well he measured in man-on-man coverage. Ian Wharton works for Bleacher Report. He made a corner book handbook. He charted every snap of every cornerback in man coverage throughout the course of the season. And Bobby McCain's numbers were very, very good in that sense. So check it out, LockdownDolphins.com. It is called Miami's Multipurpose Man. Bobby McCain, that piece is up right now on LockedOnDolphins.com. Talking about him, I put tons of gifs in the piece showing what he can do in man coverage, what he can do in zone coverage, in a spot dro- or spot dropping, as well as pattern matching, kind of the way he can play trail technique, the way he disrupts routes at the line of scrimmage, his ability to come up and run support and play the run and blitz off the edge. They even rotate him back into two, safety, two deep safety looks sometimes, and he plays like a true-looking free safety back there. I just think that... We've talked a lot about the Dolphins' need to go to a dime defense and to get more defensive backs onto the field in those third and longs to prevent themselves from being the worst third and long defense in the NFL yet again. I think that Bobby McCain could be the answer to that guy that Matt Burke keeps talking about and how we don't have a guy that can be that dime kind of rotator guy that can play single high guy that can come down the slot and cover the slot receiver one-on-one a guy that can play like a quasi linebacker role now that's probably not Bobby McCain but the other parts I think are him I think you could do that with him you might obviously sacrifice a little bit less at the slot position on the you know, with his regular position being the slot position. And if you move him away from that, you might be taking a little bit off that. I talked to Kevin Dern, uh, my my frequent co host here on the podcast with me, about that position a little bit and how he's saying, you know, if, if you're really going to put him there, you might lose a little bit the slot cornerback position. And I totally agree with him on that. And he talked about how McCain probably isn't best suited for that 12 or, or 22 personnel. That's when you have two tight ends and one or two running backs in the backfield on the field at the same time. And I can agree with him there. And McCain could could improve in the red zone a little bit, his ability to cover in the red zone, which I know is very important. But you just watch his film; he's feisty, he's aggressive, he can get under the, he can undercut routes, he can run the route for guys. He just plays so much bigger than his 195 pound frame would suggest that he does, and he really plays like the Dolphins' cornerbacks, the prototype that they want. We've talked about it a lot of times in this podcast. Chris Greer likes lengthy cornerbacks; he wants to emulate the cornerbacks that the Seattle Seahawks had, and it's funny because McCain plays. In that vein, I would say even, if if not more, just as much as Xavier Howard, Cordray, Tankersley, Tony Lippett, all of those guys. So I, I am really, really impressed by Bobby McCain watching his film. I thought he had an absolute breakout season, a couple of big interceptions, picked off Tom Brady, had what amounted to be the game-winning interception in the New York Jets game at home in that big, big victory for the Dolphins back in October. I just think that He's going into the last year of his contract. And I was going to do a segment on this. I teased it on the last episode to talk about guys that are deserving of a new contract before their fourth and final year on their rookie deals. But I mean, it's basically McCain and Jordan Phillips. So I don't really have to get too much further into that. I don't think, I mean, McCain is the the runaway winner for me. I just, I see him as a guy that can do so much stuff. And you look at his snap percentage production throughout the course of his career. He was around 22% as a rookie, 54% in year two. And then last year he was at 63%. For my money, I want to see that go all the way up to 100 because a lot of boundary corners will play 100% of their team's reps. If not, you know, 90 to 95 is just fine. But I want to see him get a lot more reps. Give him the contract now. Get him while he's still relatively cheap. Get him locked up. He's a good attitude guy. He comes to play. He comes to practice. They say he brings a great energy to the practices every single game, every single day of the week. And he really studies in the film. And I talked about spot dropping and pattern matching. Those are two zone techniques that cornerbacks play. You can go ahead and check that out on the podcast or on the piece on LockedOnDolphins.com but just kind of talking about how much you have to prep to play those two roles and I think that McCain does that very well so I am very impressed by this young man if you can't tell already check out the piece right now LockedOnDolphins.com Bobby McCain and Charles Harris deep film dives for 2017 and there's going to be plenty more of that came from for you guys I'm going to do the same thing with Dolphins new free agent signings when they happen with new draft pieces when it happens so every player the Dolphins are going to acquire we're going to have deep film breakdowns just like that one and hopefully they can take this defense to the next step which is
0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Talking about the defensive players on LockedOnDolphins.com, Bobby McCain and Charles Harris, two of the young players the Dolphins will rely heavily on in 2018 for big production, both as a pass rusher and a cover guy, and potentially a move piece And Bobby McCain. Well, you look at those two young guys, you have other young guys in the fold. I thought Vincent Taylor had a lot of really good reps at defensive tackle this year as a rookie, even though he only played like, I think it was 9% of the defensive snaps. Devon Godshaw was up around 50%, and he was very impressive as a rookie. He just kept on getting better and better, it seemed like, as the year went on from preseason all the way to the final game. I think that those two guys can solidify your inside. I think Jordan Phillips has these flashes that just keep getting more and more each and every year. I think in a contract here, he could be a scary type of player if he plays motivated throughout the course of the season. Rayquan McMillan coming back. Stephon Anthony is a guy that you can kind of see as a potential boomer bust. I mean, they traded a fifth round pick for him. That's a pretty high asset for a guy that didn't really do much in his time in New Orleans, but he's a guy that might be an answer to some of those coverage questions or the guy that can play like a nickel linebacker instead of Kiko Alonso. You look at obviously Cordray, Tankersley, and Xavier Howard on the outsides. I talked about McCain at length already. I just think there are so many young pieces to this defense that if you really hammer home like one more linebacker, another edge rusher, maybe that third like move piece in the back end that might be Bobby McCain, draft some more depth at corner because you can never have enough corners. It just seems like getting themselves to a dominant-level defense is only one offseason away. And that sounds so funny to say because you talk about how bad they've been over recent years, but I like to look at the individual game performances that they've put together on tape. And going back to even 2016, there were some games where they played really, really well. The opener against the Seattle Seahawks was a very good game. Last year against the Atlanta Falcons, they played really, really well in that game. The New York Jets last year played really, really well in that game as well. So they have these games where they've performed. Obviously, the New England Patriots game, another big-time game for the Dolphins defense last year. But they've had these games where they've played really well. And they've shown what Matt Burke's defense looks like when it's being executed the right way. I think if you can just get a couple of more guys to fulfill those roles and fulfill those needs, I think you could really take a big step in the next direction and as quickly as 2018. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get into the iTunes reviews. I've been promising this for a while now, and you guys have been so great about leaving those reviews. All you have to do is go on your, your podcast app on your iPhone. Go into the Locked On Dolphins podcast under search, and you can go to ratings and reviews. You can leave us a five-star or one-star. It's up to you, whatever you want to do, and leave us a nice little review in there and talk about the podcast, and you can get that read on the air, and we might have a giveaway in the near future. If you do that, I might be giving away t-shirts. Locked On Dolphins t-shirts are being made right now. I have a sample being sent to my house. It is on its way to me right now, and we're going to be handing out t-shirts to people that write reviews. We'll pick one winner a week or something. We'll do something like that. I don't want to make a definitive statement right now, but we'll definitely have those shirts available for sale as well if you are not lucky enough to win one. Let's go ahead and get into those iTunes reviews. And let's start with Felix TCCCC, four C's. Travis knows football, and especially the Dolphins. Guests on the show are great too. Best source for for analysis on the team I've come across. Five-star rating. Big thanks to that review, Felix. The next one comes from JP2324. Great content in a short amount of time. What separates this podcast from most is the amount of information that Travis puts in each episode. I found myself going back and listening to episodes just to fully process the information. He doesn't repeat himself or stumble over ideas. At least I hope I don't. And you can tell he does a ton of work before recording the show. A must listen for doll fans. So thanks for that review, JP. Very nice of you to say those things. The next one comes from Zach Bui. Travis is amazing. Uses film to make his assessments of players and teams. Really, really good stuff. Five stars from him. Next one is Go Fins, Jay Saladino. Excellent show, in-depth analysis without an agenda. Perfect for fans tired of the constant doom and gloom of South Florida media. That's what I'm here for. So big thanks to you, Jay, I don't know that your full first name. Next one comes from QB Coach Blair. Outstanding. One of the best podcasts out there for football in general and one of the best for the Dolphins by far. Absolutely. So thank you for those reviews, guys. That means a lot to me. One of you guys is going to be getting a free t shirt here in the near future just as soon as I have them. So those are absolutely going to happen. And that will just about do it for tonight's podcast. We are going to do a mock draft special episode tomorrow. I'm going to go over. I'll pull up a fan speak mock draft as much as I hate those because they are inaccurate. And I'm going to pick players based on what's available to me, but I'm going to try to make it more realistic. What I mean by that is if Marcus Davenport is there in the second round, I'm not going to pick him because that's not going to happen. So, that type of thing, you know, obviously that can happen if. He wears a bong mask on draft night or whatever the hell happened to Laramie Tunzel. So I'm going to make it as realistic as possible and try to draft guys. I think will actually have a chance of being on the board at that spot. We will do that on a Friday bonus edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. And that is going to do it for today's podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and review. And check out the other Locked On Sports podcasts for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. Follow Locked On NFL on Twitter as well as their Facebook page. And check out lockedondolphins.com for all your daily written Dolphins content needs. We'll be back tomorrow with a special edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.